Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. If I were to ask you, how do you define a spiritual person? I think immediately you would start talking about who they are and what they do. Maybe they're Christ-like. They bear the fruit of the Spirit. They live the Beatitudes. They live the first and the second greatest commandments, to love God and others. But then you will drift into what is the behavior of a spiritual person? They pray. They read the Bible. They give. They serve others. We are talking all of this week on Daily Devotion about worship, so I would add that into the mix. And there is an element of worship that we do well to look at. It's the word encouragement. It's rooted in the Greek word for comforter, the Holy Spirit, encouragement. I believe a spiritual person knows how to encourage others, and they know how to encourage themselves in the Lord. A spiritual person will bear others' loads. They will lift people up. Most people you meet, they don't require much of you. They don't ask for your time, your talents, your treasure. An encouraging word is simply all that's needed. You will never know the power of an encouraging word. Today, when all of our nation's attention is focused on Washington, D.C., and focused on New York City and Hollywood and the meccas of this world, I think it's good to recall a man named William Wilberforce. Let me tell you where this started. I follow some old booksellers. I have a true and genuine affection for old books. They're some of my nearest and dearest companions in the feel of a centuries-old book in my hands. Just, I cannot describe. The thoughts contained in a day not so rushed and far from the 24-7 hurried world in which we live ourselves, those words resonate in my soul. They restore my soul. In a digital age and with books growing increasingly rare, I sometimes can't justify the expense for some of those volumes, so I settle for the digital PDFs of those books. The old booksellers I follow, one has a 200-year-old set of seven volumes, The Life and the Correspondence of William Wilberforce. You probably remember that Wilberforce was the man who led the anti-slavery forces in Great Britain. It was a hard and long uphill struggle, but he finally arrived. There would be no seven-volume set. There would be no life and correspondence of William Wilberforce. Indeed, we may not even know his name today. Had not he had an old preacher there to encourage him? For years, Wilberforce had harangued the British Parliament to abolish slavery in the empire. That, at the time, ruled a third of the world's population. He had come to an impasse. He was ready to give up. Someone sent word to an old preacher named John Wesley. And on his deathbed, Wesley asked for pen and paper. With trembling hand, Wesley wrote, Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them stronger than God? 
Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Go on, and in the name of God and in the power of His might, till even American slavery shall vanish away before it. After writing that letter, Wesley would die a few days later, but those dying words of encouragement were enough to give a living man strength, strength to fight on for 45 more years. And in 1833, three days before Wilberforce's own death, he saw slavery abolished in Britain. Even the greatest amongst us need words of encouragement. Reminds me of the encouragement that Deborah gave to Barack in the book of Judges, you go fight and I'll go with you. Or the encouragement of Jonathan's armor bearer. Or what about Apostle Paul? He had Barnabas, who was called the son of consolation, a child of the Holy Spirit, the encourager. You and I need encouragement. We need people who believe in us, who will say, go, go, go. You can do it. I believe in you. Henry Ford was once asked who his best friend was, and Ford responded, my best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. That's what an encourager does. He brings out the best in others. What do you and I need to know about encouragement? I would say we need to know that we encourage people with our words. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Encouragement involves words. Encouragement's used more than 100 times in the New Testament. The most famous encourager, of course, is Barnabas, the one who helped the Apostle Paul and later the one who helped John Mark back to his feet. The word means to come alongside, to cheer people on. Your life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. If it was a sprint, you could make it all by yourself. But since life is a marathon, you need supporters, you need a team, you need the fuel that people can bring you. You need a vast array of people who come alongside you, people who will urge you, cheer you, encourage you to the finish line. The best way to express encouragement then is with our words. When others are down, we choose choice words to lift them up. When others do good, we compliment them, we praise them. When others are not around and are missing, we call them, check on them. When others are generous, we say thanks. When others are down, we say we will stand by you, we will stand with you. We will be here through thick and thin. What encouragement that is. We will never be able to measure the impact of kind words. Our words can make all the difference in the lives of many other people. It's in a book called In a Heartbeat. It's the story behind Blindside. The author said, There is a little-known congressional program that awards internships to young people who have aged out of the foster care system. These are the kids who are never adopted and are no longer eligible for state support. A senator once met these people and employed such a man as an intern. And one morning, the senator breezed in for a meeting and discovered that his intern was already in the office, reorganizing the entire mailroom. The senator said to the intern, this is amazing. The mailroom has never looked so clean. 
You're doing a great job. A few minutes later, the senator saw that the intern had tears streaming down his face. He was crying, and he said, son, are you okay? Yes, the intern answered quietly. I'm sorry, did I say something to offend you? No, sir. Well, what's wrong? The young man said, that's the first time in my life anyone's ever told me that I did something good. Just a little bit of attention, a kind word. That's how little it takes to affect someone's life for the better. Those words are from, in a heartbeat, the backstory of Blindside. We not only live friends with our words, we live people with God's word. Share the word of God. That doesn't mean you run down the street thumping your Bible, but the right word from Scripture is likened to an apple of gold fitly framed in silver. It just works. It fits. It helps. Colossians 3 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If you haven't figured it out yet, let me help you here. There are no perfect people. We are all still growing. We need help knowing how to make decisions. We need help knowing how to get through life, to know what is going on in our world, finding someone who can just encourage us, quite possibly is all that we ever need. God is speaking to you right now, and he's saying, use your words, but also use my word, because we all have questions. How do we raise our children? How do we keep our thought life pure? How do we achieve in this world without compromising who we are? God gives us his word. Someone said the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic instructions before leaving life. God teaches us how to have a relationship with him. He tells us how to please him. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart. Dwell on it. Learn it. Get a good foundation. Then share it. Share the word with your friends. Share our words. Share God's word. And then here comes a warning word. We build our friends up by admonishing one another. Hebrews 3 says, encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Everyone in this room has had to make a decision before like this. I have many times. People I know and love are about to make a mistake. Should we stay silent? Should we speak? Should we say something to them, go to them, or should we just leave it alone? Only through having a relationship with that person of friendship do we have access into that person's life. When there is a friendship, the Bible says the wounds of a friend can be trusted. In other words, they know a friend is watching out for them. A friend wants to make sure they're not hurt. In this marathon of life, you need friends who encourage you by admonishing you, warning you. Now, warnings are never to make others look bad. We build each other up. Warnings should be in grace and love. We speak from a humble heart, not a proud and uplifted one. Here's another way we encourage each other. We pray for one another. James 5.16 tells us, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you can be healed. Forgiveness comes from God, but healing comes 
through being open one with another. Not long ago, I was in a small group of people. It was a special group just forming people who didn't know each other. But one of the members was obviously distressed. He said some things that were very uncharacteristic of him. He's normally kind, but his words were harsh. He's normally careful of other people's feelings, but this time he wasn't. The tension was rising. Tempers were beginning to be ignited. And I made this statement, someone has hurt you very bad. And the man started talking of what he was going through. The anger, the lashing out, the sullenness was nothing more than a cry for help. And when he finished, the group began talking about similar hurts in their own lives. And then we began to pray. And when the prayer was over, healing had come. This couldn't happen in a superficial setting. It happened only in a place where people trusted one another, lowered their guard, and prayed one for another. I pray in this thing called life, in this journey called life, that you find yourself surrounded with people who really care about you. They care about you and want to pour from their lives into your lives. They want to encourage you, strengthen you, admonish you, pray for you, and to build you up through their own words and the Word of God. It's when we enter into that relationship, what the Bible calls koinonia, our fellowship, that we learn the true power of encouragement. Today, I pray that you go and encourage someone. And I pray also that someone comes along and encourages you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.